Welcome to Boating Industry Insider, where we talk to executives, thought leaders, and movers and shakers from both inside and outside the marine industry. Now here's your host, content director and editor-in-chief, David G. Hello, everyone. I'm David G., content director and editor-in-chief at Boating Industry. With this edition of Boating Industry Insider, joining us special guest, Bill Jurgen, CEO of Correct Craft. Welcome to the show, Bill. David, it is a pleasure to be here. Appreciate uh, all you do in these uh, these uh, podcasts. So uh, this is great. Happy, yeah. happy to be here. Well, love having you. So towboat space has had a nice run dating back to the 07-08 recession. Uh, Double-digit year-over-year growth pretty much, I think, every year since then. Take us through, of course, we know, broadly speaking, what happened in 2020. Don't need to belabor that point, but kind of take us through the the category uh, in 2020, do a brief recap of that, and then uh, take us through what the, the first few months of 2021 have been like. Sure. Happy to do that. You know, the people have talked a lot about the towboat segment, David, the last uh, decade or more. Yeah. Uh, but what they don't really focus on often is that this segment also had a very dramatic drop, you know, in the Great Recession. And 2020 was the first year that we actually got back to unit sales pre-Great Recession. So even though the sales have been increasing, you know, we've still been less than we were. We had a couple of years where we bumped up over, before the Great Recession, we bumped up over 13,000 units and we bumped up over 13,000 units last year. So uh, this was, we finally finally made it back. But 2020 was such an interesting year. You know, in April and May, we were all concerned, not really having any idea what was going to happen. And then, um, you know, we started sort of coming out of our, our shells and uh, people wanted to be uh, spending time with outdoor recreation. It wasn't just boating. It was RVs, camping, bicycles, mm-hmm. all kinds of different things, UTVs. And so uh, people started buying boats, which is you know nice for our dealers, nice for us. Uh, the challenge that the industry had is that the manufacturers have not been able to increase capacity as fast as the dealers have been selling the boats. So that's left uh, customers, you know, waiting for product at almost all the major manufacturers. It's uh, left dealers with uh, less to sell than would yeah. like. So it's been a great time. It's a good problem to have, but it's also been a challenging time too. We did our, uh, at, at the beginning of the year, we did our annual dealer survey and just try to uh, ask some specific questions, but some open-ended ones as well. Like, you know, what are the things that, that keep you up at night? And what do you think the biggest uh, uh, challenges of, uh, biggest challenges and biggest opportunities of 20 and 20, 2021 will be? And, and certainly at the top of the list of challenges was inventory, specifically lack thereof. When, kind of give us a, a, a status update of where we are with that. And when do you see supply aligning with demand? Yeah, it's a great question. It's what we're all trying to figure out. <laughs> really, really good question. You know, it's certainly not this year. Okay, yeah. Almost, you know, our companies are have back orders for several months. We're doing all we can to increase production. Uh, at Nautique, we bought a new facility across the street, 300,000 square feet. We're increasing production there. Centurion Supreme, we um, acquired access to a factory in Georgia. So we're increasing capacity there. But uh, this is a good problem to have, but most of the boats in our backorder are customer sold units. 
Mm-hmm. So even though we're increasing the number of boats we can ship out, they're all going to sold customers, so they're not right. going to dealer inventory. So right. it's, a, it's a great problem to have, but you know it's going to take a while to build up that inventory. Certainly, well into uh, well into 2022 would be my guess. And you know, hopefully, we never will to one degree because that means people are still buying boats. Right. <laughs> but, well uh, taken. Yeah. But you know, I, go it'll ahead. Be 22 before we get any symbol yeah. semblance of normalcy. You know, I did talk to a dealer a couple months ago and and said, yeah, uh, uh, Wicksport, uh, water sport centric dealer. And he said, yeah, I've sold out for 2021, done there. But I, I've taken a surprising number of deposits for 2022. When you think of, of how emotional of a decision buying a boat is for many parts of the country, it's something that you use four to six months of the year. It's it's something that if you if you buy it, if you spend money, Money on it, you want to use it. Uh, does what? What does that do to the boat buying public? Uh, or does it does it have a, a negative, a detrimental effect when when they're buying something that they're not going to see for a while? We have people want their product uh, right away. Yeah, and you know I understand that. We all, you manufacturers, dealers, we all understand that. We're doing our best to give that to them. Um, but people want boats. You know, they understand that boats are a great way to spend time with your family, a great way to spend time outdoors in a safe way. And so, um, you know, people want the boats. They're willing to wait. Uh, we'd, lo- we'd love to get them the product faster. All of us would, us and our competitors. And we're all doing our best. Uh, but uh, right now, there's been a demand in excess of what we can supply. and We're all working to fix that. You know, our... Speaking of, of fixing a problem, one of the the issues with the industry for the past number of years has been that that we're just simply not bringing enough enough first time boaters, enough new boaters into the fold to replace the the boaters that are aging out. One of the the things that I look in terms of metrics that are most encouraging is is the number of you know anywhere from forty to fifty percent, depending on the category, uh, of new boaters, of first time boaters. So, two part question: One, are you in Encouraged by that, do you see that as a as a positive sign? And and what do we need to do as an industry to keep those boaters in the fold past the five year mark when many of them dump out? Yeah, we talk about this often. I, yeah. I think yes, I'm very encouraged, and we want to bring more people into boating, and uh, we want to get more kids into boating because all the evidence points out points the fact that if you boat as a kid, you're likely to boat. Yeah. As- so families buying boats, exposing their kids to it is going to have a great long-term impact on our industry. Uh, our biggest challenge as an industry is we need to make sure that these people are having good experiences. Yeah. And you know, the, it's a little bit challenging at the dealers right now because the dealers are so busy mm-hmm. that um, they may not have the time to give the one-on-one attention that we would like to give to each of these new thousands of customers are coming into the industry. So that's a big challenge for our industry. You know, we need to be able to give them a good experience. If they have a bad experience and they can't tow their boat and can't, um, can't put it in the water and they can't launch it, you know, and then they don't know how to use it when they get on the water, they're just going to get frustrated and sell the boat and that'll be bad for us. So we've got to make sure they have a good experience. We've got to do all we can either virtually or in person. Yeah help provide them ways to have a good experience. If we're smart about this, David, and we do a good job, and we're certainly trying to, you know, our companies and our dealers, 
it will have customers for many, many, many years. And, you know, the, the families, their kids will stay in boating for, you know, probably a couple of generations. So hopefully we'll do it well and hopefully we'll make sure they have good experiences. Not only that, but I, I think we could have a very short term impact uh, from the respect that, you know, there's going to be people that bought 21 foot boats that are thinking, you know, I really like that 23. Yeah. And so we may even have some of these new customers um, you know, trading up very quickly, you know, once they get into it and they start really enjoying boating. So it's on us to do that. We've been given a great opportunity and we have to, uh, we have to um, make sure that we take advantage of that. You mentioned a specific uh, uh, size of boat. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your company in particular. Have there been any uh, sales superstars of the last four or five months? Any any particular size or segment or or, or kind of uh, a water sports boat that you're seeing a particular lift with? Twenty three and twenty five foot boat. Oh, okay. Are- really well it's so interesting uh, because when i came to correct craft 14 years ago um, shortly after i came we introduced our first 23 foot boat 21 was really the sweet spot yeah, david yeah now it's 23 25 uh 26 foot at centurion so we're um yeah we're people want they want to be able to put a lot of people on the boat yeah. and enjoy it. and so uh those bigger boats seem to be uh, doing well yeah, that is interesting. And when I talk to the, you know, when I do a, a fishing boats market trend story, every, every one of those company leaders say the same thing. Well, back when I, you know, when I started selling fishing boats, all we sold was 16 footers. And, and now, you know, uh, practically we don't even make those. So, uh, so yeah, back it's, it's in interesting. Back you in know, the day. Yeah. Back in the day. Interesting how, how we've uh, 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 grown all of those literally and, and figuratively. The last time I saw you in person, we were, kind of sitting on the stairs of the the Paragon exhibit at the Miami International Boat Show. And one of the mm-hmm. things that I talked to you about is a guy who uh, uh, can't write a, a six-figure check for uh, a Paragon or uh, uh, a lot of other awesome boats that you sell. And, and I was kind of like, okay, Bill, let's talk about you know, the rising price of these boats. It's awesome yeah. to talk about features and touchscreen dash and high-end audio and, and uh, uh, you know, yeah. interiors that look like my Lexus or Mercedes or BMW, but all of that is is leading to price ascension. And you kind of push back on that a little bit and you say, well, you know what? It's, it's not us that's doing that driving. Uh, we're responding to consumer demand. So let's kind of revisit that conversation now sure. here a year or so later. Where are we with, with price? And have you, uh, you know, are we still seeing it uh, zoom north? Uh, have we held the uh, ground a little bit on that? Where are we? It's a great question. And I'll just start off by saying a little over a year ago, that Miami boat show, David, I never would have guessed to be oh. over a year before I'd see you again. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Like, Virtual oh. boat show. What's that? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, you hit it right on the head when you talked about customer demand. You know, customers are demanding um, bigger boats, more features, more innovations, and all of those, uh, all those cost money. And you look at the towboat segment, for instance, the three biggest, uh, you include Centurion Supreme in there, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, 65%, 70% of the market uh, sales, unit sales go to the premier uh, manufacturers. Mm-hmm. 
and the people that are offering the bigger boats, the more features and more expensive. So it's it's interesting because, you know, we learn in our economics 101 class that competition drives down prices. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not always true. Often competition drives up prices. And we've seen it happen in our segment, not because we're increasing our margins, um, because we're not. It's because people want more and more on the road and they want more innovation and they want more bigger speakers and better stereos and more features and those things cost money. So, um, you know, that really, it's just sort of an interesting, um, interesting way to look at it that, you know, and, and we hear all the time, people say all the time, you know, can't you build a less expensive uh, towboat? And we've tried that a couple times. <laughs> I've been here and people don't buy them. Yeah. You know, we contended product, some of our models to try to make them less expensive and they just don't sell. Yeah. People say they want a more basic towboat. What they really mean is we want the towboat that you're selling now for 150,000, but we want it for 75. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. we can't do that. You know, I mean, yeah. right, we, we can't do we'd love to be able to do it, yeah. you know, but yeah. We can't do that. So um, people don't, they just, they just don't sell. Yeah. And the, the people that really, if you look at the companies that target the, um, the real um, value buyer in our segment, they're the lowest market share companies. Yeah. Because um, that's not what people want. People want all the bells and whistles and features and innovations. Yeah. We were talking about, about boat shows. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that, Everybody, of course, you know the, the one of the primary things about going to a boat shows get to climb on boats, you get to see boats, you get to you know touch boats, feel boats, uh, sit in the driver's seat and imagine yourself, you know, owning or or, or driving that boat. We miss that. Uh, I miss that. Uh, boating industry insiders have have of all stripes. Boating public has the has the, uh, you couldn't prove it by sales metrics because sales are, are good across the board, but has the industry missed out on something experiential by, by touchless purchasing and, and virtual boat shows or, or, you know, is it just, Hey, that's the way it was for a year and away we go. Yeah. I, I virtual boat shows aren't going to go away. Yeah. They're here to stay. Um, you know, there's a lot of changes you know, through all segments of our society, things that are going to stay. However, uh, in-person boat shows aren't going to go away either. Yeah, yeah. You know, the uh, really the first big boat show this season was the Palm Beach show, which was a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, they had record attendance. I mean, the, the docks were packed. And so people still want to go out and see the boats. I think the um, what's driving the sales this year aren't the virtual boat shows or the lack of in-person boat shows. It's the focus on outdoor recreation. And that's, you know, that's really driving the sales this year. Eventually people are going to want to get out. And, you know, as you, as you know, a lot of the boat shows happen during the winter. Right. And, you know, that uh, family in Chicago or New York or so many other places that, you know, just dreaming about summer can go <laughs> the middle of January or early February and sit in that boat and just dream about summer and what they're going to be doing. And, you know, people want that. So the real boat shows, in-person boat shows aren't going to go away, but I think we'll clearly be using the virtual boat shows too. Yeah. I don't see any chance that's going to go away. I want to kind of wrap up on, on a subject that I know is near and dear to your heart. Uh, 
not only innovation in general, which you write about, speak about, uh, blog about, but but electrification in specifically. Uh, of course, I ask every boat manufacturing CEO, uh, hey, where you know, what do you have? It is well, we're dipping our toe in the water, and we've got a little you know money we're spending on R and D. Of course, nobody you know wants to be too specific, and I get that, but but I think that. As an industry, we also don't know exactly where it's headed. We don't know how big the market will be. We don't know how pervasive electric boats will be in the future. You've got off to a really nice start with your uh, the GS22E. Talk a little bit about where you are in terms of electric boats and, and lessons learned so far and, and just kind of how bullish you are on the, the idea of electric, not only just electric boats, electric water sports, electric tow boats, electric wake sport, wake sport boats. Well, I'm extremely bullish on it. And, yeah. you know, when, when you hear almost all the auto companies have, have given dates when they're going to stop producing yeah. Yeah. cars, uh, GM has said they're going to stop, be fully out by 2035. Um, you know, almost so a lot of the companies are, are earlier than that. So you know, it's just a matter of, of time. We've we've spent millions of dollars. We're not dipping our toe in it. You know, we're, we're in. You're committed. Yeah. We're completely in the pool. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but we're selling boats. You know, we've yeah. so, we've sold um, we've sold a number of boats. We're selling them um, in Europe and here in the U.S. We've got a, I wish I could give you some breaking news right now, but we've got another really exciting announcement that we'll be making later this year. No, we're not okay. ready to make later electric. So we're not sort of tiptoeing around it and waiting to see what happens. We're all in. And we formed a separate company, Ingenity Electric, yeah. that is um, building uh, electric boats. And so, um, you know, there's no question this is the future of our industry. There's no question. It's just a matter of time. You know, there's three parts to it, David. There's the batteries, the motors, and the software. Um, The motors are almost a commodity. You know, they're, um, you know, you can get an electric motor pretty easily. The software is hard. You know, we've got a whole team of people that work on the software and write the software to make the boat work. Uh, The real challenge is the batteries. and there's a couple issues related to that. You know, the cost um, is obviously an issue. The charge time is an issue. When I say the charge time, the run time. Right, you know, right. We're worried about the anxiety running out. And then also the charge time, the amount of time that it takes to to charge um, the batteries when you're, um, you can fill up the tank of gas in 15 minutes. It takes longer than that to charge the batteries. But none of those, none of those challenges intimidate us because we know this is the future. Yeah. Technology and time is going to take care of that. We're already overcoming some of those challenges. And so it's just a matter of time. And, you know, we may be out on the bleeding edge, <laughs> you know, that, you know, we are investing millions of dollars into this. We're investing a lot of money into this and, you know, we're a big companies. So, you know, we can, we can do that. Yeah, but um, th- there's no question. This is the future. It's just a matter of just a matter of time, and the automotive industry is going to drive it. You know, we'll mm-hmm. trail, we'll continue to trail automotive, but it's going to continue to drive it, and we're all going to have electric boats in ten years or less. Yeah. 
Oh, well, there, there's some breaking news there. That's a, that's a tidbit. How about that? So Bill Jurgen says everybody uh, uh, driving an electric boat within 10 years. So uh, I guess maybe, I don't know about the future of driverless boats. Let's hope that never comes. But uh, anyway, electric boats, uh, I'm sure are, are coming our way. And, and hey, congratulations. I mean, I know that you've already, you mentioned you've had some success, a uh, number of innovation awards, including boating industry top products. So congratulations for NMM awards uh, a number of things so congratulations for what you've achieved so far and and best of luck on that in the future and speaking of congratulations uh you're are you a best-selling book author have you been (laughs) topping the new york times you have a book out give a little plug for that yeah yeah no problem i uh actually if i known you were going to ask i'd have a copy i should have a copy myself yeah but uh yeah i wrote my i recently finished my third book making life better the correct craft story and um, it's the response has been really positive. Lots of great comments about yeah. the book, the story of our company. Yeah. And actually, it is a best-selling book. Uh, but the, the way that the way they do it is sort of interesting. I didn't realize this, but you know, Amazon has a lot. The way the publisher manages this, not me, but Amazon has a lot of different book categories. Okay. So they So they put your. I think they can put your book up into about ten categories. Okay. And um, there were three, this book that I wrote was number one in three of the categories and after it was released. So the publisher calls it a bestseller. Now it's, okay. it's not a New York Times bestseller, right, right, right. but uh, yeah, it's still a bestseller from the publisher's perspective. So it's been, uh, it's been great. It's really great. It's called Making Life Better. It's available on Amazon. And uh, we sent out actually everybody who went to our recent culture summit uh, we sent them all a copy uh, as a gift from Correct Craft. So I know a lot of people in our industry have been reading it because I'm getting a lot of comments. But I hope people enjoy it. It's really an amazing company, a lot of amazing stories. I think you have, you have a copy. Right? Did you read it? You I read do it. have a copy. And I can honestly say I uh, I read it uh, cover to cover in the space of about three nights. Uh, so yeah, really enjoyed the journey and, and you're right. It, it, amazing company, Maggie's amazing legacy and, and lots of really good salient takeaways. I like the way you kind of recapped each chapter with some, you know, kind of y- your final thoughts. Yeah. You, you know, here's a history lesson, but here are some final thoughts that you had to, to add to that, uh, to p- kind of put a fine note on some of those things. So yeah, very, very easy read and, uh, very informational and, and entertaining as well. And, uh, yeah, I very much enjoyed it very much enjoyed the culture summit as well and and thank you for your support of, of elevate for our industry summit and conference and all the ways that you support the industry and uh yeah we appreciate you as well so thanks for being our guest on boating industry insider my pleasure david anytime okay well we'll take you up on that and thank you as well for joining us i'm david g content director and editor-in-chief at boating industry stay happy stay healthy stay safe and we will see you on the water so long everyone Thanks again for listening to this edition of Boating Industry Insider. We'd love your feedback or let us know if you have any ideas for future episodes. Happy boating.